welcome to Bold Girl Biz Podcast. This is the podcast dedicated to fearless and brave entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Robbie Walls. So consider yourself one step closer to success. Why? Because you're going to hear lessons learned through failures, setbacks, and sometimes laughable moments in business. And the resilience it takes to get back up, shake it off, and move you from failure to success as a way to grow your business and build income. Let's go. In doing some research about today's guest, you're about to hear why I'm so excited to have her on the show today. Robin Jay is a personal development self-help expert, and I'm so fascinated with her her story, including some very similar uh, situations about speaking and networking and writing books. We share such a great friendship together. Let's welcome to the show, Robin Jay. Hey, Robbie and everyone listening. It's an honor to be, uh, have this special time with you. Yes, I am so excited. We, we have a lot, a lot to talk about. Um, this is, you are such a treat. Um, you are an, an award-winning, uh, I'm sorry, an award-winning filmmaker, an author, a speaker, a publisher, and the list goes on. And you're a president of the Las Vegas Convention Speakers Bureau. So exciting. Um, so Robin, let's jump into it for our listeners and tell us about um, networking. Well, I was no. my client started to call me the queen of the business lunch because I found that breaking bread gave you such an amazing opportunity to get to know someone, find out what they need and how you can best help them. And that's really a great way to build relationships. I get friended lately on LinkedIn by people and I can tell by what they do by their description of their job that the next email I'm going to hear from, I'm going to get from them is going to be a pitch for something they're selling. And I will sometimes accept their friendship request or their contact request and I'll say, please don't sell me anything. I just bought new insurance already. <laughs> or, you know, I don't need a new software platform. It's, it's really, you can't just be friends with someone because you want to sell them something. It has to be, you have to build the relationship first. One of the um, best tips I have, we, you and I were talking before about how you walk into a room full of strangers and mm. start to network. And I think this would be a great tip for, for your community. People will say, oh, I tried to join this conversation. There were two or three people talking and I stood there and I just felt like such an outsider. Why would you go up to a group of people who are engaged in a conversation? When you enter a networking event, if we ever have networking events again, right? Right. This is during the coronavirus quarantine. Uh, if someone's listening to this two years from now and the quarantine has been lifted by then, um, what you want, really want to so. do is go to the person who's standing there alone who looks like they you know, give anything to have someone to talk to. Go up to the bar and get a soft drink or a bottle of water, whatever you're in the mood for and talk to the people there, they're alone and they're looking for someone to talk to. Find the wallflower, find the person who is not engaged, who looks like they're lost and go up and say, hey, is this your first time at the American Marketing Association or you know, what, wherever the event is? is? Have you been to these luncheons before? Mm -hmm. They're gonna open right up to you because 
I mean, unless unless they're you know really off their rocker and they're rude, they're, I'm waiting for someone. You never know what you're going to get. Just try not to take it personally. Right, right. And you you were honed in on the queen of the of the networking business lunch. That is the name of your first book, correct? It's called The Art of the Business Lunch: Building Relationships Between Twelve and Two. And yes. that came about because the nature of my work was I had the same clients. We were an expensive radio station that catered to the drive up tourist market to Las Vegas where I live. Mm -hmm. And so smaller mom and pop businesses couldn't afford to advertise on us. So we basically called on all the strip resorts and the big businesses in Las Vegas. So I can't go call on them every month and try to sell them something. They were already buying me, but you need to be seen and you need to answer their questions and be there to service them. So I got in the habit of taking them out to lunch once a month and we would discuss the business and trends and what was going on in the city. And so I was at lunch with one of my friends who sold advertising for a TV station and she's the one who coined that phrase. She goes, you know, you're just the queen of the business lunch. <laughs> and I said, I love no, I'm not. She's like, you don't really work like we do. And I was so hurt because believe me, my, my clients put me through some paces too, but but I did, you know, when I, when I wrote the Art of the Business Lunch, I thought, well, let me, everybody says, write what you know about, uh -huh. which is not true. I wanted to write novels and, um, but I had bought into that paradigm that you should write what you know about. And I thought I'd do this business book and then I'd go off happily and write novels. But uh, I have since learned anybody can write a book about anything if you do enough research. Mm, that's good. Yeah. yeah. You and I could team up and write a book about brain surgery. Okay. We just, just have to talk to 10 brain surgeons and have diagrams and right. hyperlinks and stuff. You, you just need to know how to write. So would you say that it's easier to write nowadays with all of our new technology? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, Robbie, when I, when I wrote The Art of the Business Lunch, I wrote it in 2004. I, I couldn't get an agent. I, I self-published it. And when I went to hire a publicist, this publicist that I had talked to in New York City, who I'd met through a friend here, one of my networking colleagues here, and she said, this is really good. Why don't you have this with a real publisher? Mm. And there was such a stigma back then to writing, to self-publishing. And I said, well, I couldn't get an agent. She says, well, call these people. And she gave me three names and numbers mm -hmm. and all three of them were willing to take my book on. And I ended up going with Al Zuckerman at Writer's House. Uh, he's, I think he's in his eighties now. I think he's probably semi-retired, but he sold the book to Career Press and today it's in 12 languages. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Everybody wants to know how we do the art of the business lunch. And it's such a great way because people let their guard down. I would say the very best way to get to know a client would be golf because you're sitting next to them in a cart for four or five hours. They're going mm, to share yep. everything with you, but not everybody <laughs> plays golf. So everybody eats and they have to go to lunch. And there's been, you know, I've had clients who couldn't get away to go to lunch. So I would show up at their office and bring them food. Mm. And we would sit there and they would open up and you have 30 or 45 minutes, you know, to, to schmooze with them and find out how you can best service their account. Yeah. So did you hear that? Like she went the X, she took that bold step and, <laughs> and just did something out of the ordinary. I love that. I took Tony Roma's baby back ribs over to the Las Vegas Hilton for six people. Oh, and 
did we make a mess? Because one of the things I have in the book is what should you never order at a business lunch? Uh -huh. And it's like long noodles with pasta, with red sauce, uh, baby back ribs, anything that's going to be challenging to eat. But because we were all eating it, it just ended up being really fun. Nice. So, exception, yeah. <laughs> um, I posted more than 3,000 client lunches and I saw my sales increase by more than 2,000%. So something biblical happens when you break bread with another person. And right. anytime, if you're networking, you're building, growing a business, a small business as an entrepreneur, anytime you can meet someone and break bread with them, go for it. That is so wonderful. Um, talk about when you are breaking bread, some of the foods and things that you shouldn't, you touched on a little bit. What, what are some of the things that you, we should order and we should not order? Anything that you've ever dropped while you were trying to get it in your mouth. <laughs> in fact, I used to talk about, I love the Caesar salad at the Palm restaurant, uh -huh. the forum shops at Caesars. And I would just ask them to please chop it in the kitchen. Oh. If I wanted to cut romaine leaves, I'd be eating at home. Okay. Uh -huh. so, and you're cutting it. It's got dressing on it. And if you're wearing silk or a nice fabric, it's going to hit you and it's going to splatter. And then it's going to star pattern all yep. over your house or a guy's tie, you know, and, and so there, you know, remember the wait staff and the kitchen are really your friends and mm -hmm. just ask them to, I wouldn't ask them to cut my pasta for me, but order like a penne pasta or something that's more manageable than long noodles, linguine, or in fact, okay. Palm is a businessman's uh, lunch place, you know, steak and, and they serve a little family style potatoes and stuff. They, I don't think I've ever seen linguine or, or spaghetti on their menu. It's always mm. penne or, I mean, I, I remember one time they had wagon wheels, but Ooh. Uh, <laughs> my mom made them when I was seven, but, uh, you know, it's always something more manageable because that is an issue. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. Yes. It's kind of embarrassing too, but, and that's yes. what we talk about here on bold girl bids, because we don't want to make those mistakes. We want to know what to order. So thank right. you for that. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's pivot a little bit and talk about some of your other books. Uh, we, we were a part of an anthology together, uh, The Power of the Platform, Speakers on Purpose. And you have three of those series. How did that come about? Well, I actually was asked to contribute to an anthology. And I, I joke that if I had discovered anthologies before I wrote The Art of the Business Launch, I might have never written that book because <laughs> doing an anthology is so easy. A bunch of... Uh, aspiring authors or authors can collaborate mm -hmm. and do, um, it's, I think it's like 1600 to 2000 words. You can always change that too, though. And you write a chapter. I'm a writer, so I edit for thought, comprehension, and cohesiveness. So even though each author has their own voice, you could sit down and read the book cover to cover. You'd hear each author's like I said, their unique voice, but it would flow. And so I did that. Then I hire a, uh, a Yale English grad to do the grammatical edit. And I hired an artist and a typesetter. I have a great printer over in Michigan. And I think the books are amazing. My first one was Speakers on Success. The second one was the one you were in, Speakers on Purpose. Speakers on Purpose. And the third one was uh, The Power of the Platform, Speakers on Life. So I call them my pop books, power of the platform mm -hmm. and uh, they're they're actually 
really wonderful because it's never overwhelming. It's a little chapter here and a little chapter there. And it ran the gamut on everything from social media to uh, how to move ahead in life. Right. And I want to also interject that uh, there might be some listeners out there that want to start a book. Uh, A great way to start it is an anthology. And Robin has a host. I mean, she's just a, a wealth of information with writing books and uh, she can you know, definitely gonna, help, help you there. And I you was thinking book. about the anthology and I am going to uh, create a new package for authors because it's just so much easier than writing a whole book. Right. And you can get an ebook and if anybody wants paperbacks, of course, that's always an option too, but I'll be posting on my Robin J Facebook page. And that's just like two birds, R-O-B-I-N-J-A-Y. And I'm sure you, you can post about it too. Yes. Yes. And I'll put those in, in, in the show links for our uh, community. So that'll be great. So that they can I reach really, out to My that. passion is writing. And yes. In 2001, awesome. when I quit my advertising sales job, it was Really, I thought I was, my doctor had me convinced I wasn't going to make it and I needed to make a change because Mm. this is something so important for entrepreneurs, especially women starting out uh, or trying to build a business. It's never been more challenging than right now, but there's also so many opportunities that we never had before. And it's, it's, it takes a lot of personal development, influencing your, yourself knowing how to do it with a blueprint and being able to really believe in yourself. And that's what I agree. I really love doing that. I really love helping people get to the next level in their, in their business and their lives. Yes. And so as you did your books, what made you move over to uh, the movies? So let's talk about movies. movies, (laughs) I have the key under your belt. Thank you. I have the key movies at thekeymovies.com and you can see trailers for all of them for free. And if you want to watch the movies, there's links to them on Vimeo there where you can uh, download or rent, stream them. And I was in a bad movie. It was just poorly produced and it was all done in green screen studio and they shot, I don't know, 15 experts in two days. And I just remember thinking, this is really not great. It was very repetitive. Everybody had sound bites like passion is the jet fuel that will drive you to your dreams. And (laughs) I remember that one because it was so corny. And that I don't believe that that helps people as much as hearing about how someone actually struggled or how they actually lifted themselves up or helped someone else achieve more. And so I thought I want to do a movie that isn't you know, the same old sound bites. In fact, when I did a, a little screening for that first movie I was in, mm-hmm. I was sitting next to one of my friends who also sold advertising with me. And, and it was like the eighth expert talking about, I don't know, passion or whatever. And she's like, all right, all right, already, I get it. You know, it was just boring. It wasn't engaging. And so I was inspired. I thought, you know, someone needs to raise the bar on this genre. Ever since the success of the movie, The Secret came out, Uh producers have been trying to duplicate that with these talking head documentaries. And they're very hard to watch. I would rather listen to a lecture just audio like we're doing right now, mm-hmm. you know, then, then tuning in to watch a movie and just watch one talking head after another speak. So I had the idea to do an uplifting movie with a hybrid, a narrative story, a fictional story with fictional characters 
and they would interact and the experts would share their wisdom with them. And I thought that would really work well. And so I hired a really good director to take care of that. I write, produced, and co-starred in all three movies. But I had other help. You know, it takes a village to make a movie, for sure. <laughs> and, and this guy played the, he actually uh, co-wrote it with me. He directed it and edited it. And he uh, starred as this really obnoxious guy in the movie. Mm. And, <laughs> who didn't, didn't want to, you know, he, he's arguing with all the experts, which, pe which people tend to do. You know, you, you try to offer them the keys to the kingdom and they right. argue with you why it's not going to work. So, And so um, I know we had talked earlier. Um, tell us what other platform are your movies on? Oh, they're on Gaia.com. Yeah, isn't that awesome? G-A-I-A, Gaia.com. And if you have a membership there, they have a free trial membership, I think, for 99 cents. Um, and then it kicks into, you know, a regular full membership. But it's yeah. only and it's really inexpensive. A month. Yeah, or $99 a year. And, you mm -hmm. know, they not only have my movies on there, but they have wonderful features with, with Bruce Lipton and... Greg Braden and uh, Joe Dispenza and all these wonderful thought leaders, they, they just have so much content. And if you are, especially if you're struggling, but if you're building a business, you're an entrepreneur, it is really good. You want to brainwash yourself with positivity. You do. Uh, when I was in advertising sales, I don't, I don't know how many people I've told this to, Robbie, but when I would put my makeup on in the morning, I would listen to Earl Nightingale or Napoleon Hill or mm, Wayne Dyer, yep. all these C C uh, cassette tapes <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I would drop a cassette tape in while I was putting on my makeup. And by the time I got to work, I couldn't wait to call on my first client. Right. It's so uh, motivating. Yes. Yeah, it really is. And, and now, because I work for myself, I continue to listen to um, videos. I er, listen to audios and I watch videos. And I have a couple, there's Power Thoughts Meditation Club on YouTube. I watch Ryan Surhand, his vlog. He's oh, I do too. I love Ryan. Uh, yeah. He's so cute. <laughs> but beyond that, <laughs> you know, he, he did get a lucky break getting cast on Million Dollar Listing New York City. But he has taken that and just flown and, with it. Yes, yes. I follow he's him. He's a motivational oh. speaker too. He goes and talks to giant conferences and conventions all over the world. And I watched one of his today about what doing video blogs has done for his business. If you're not out there, people don't know you. Don't they know don't you. That's right. You. That's why even doctors are doing demo videos of themselves in the OR. So you can get a feel for how they work and their knowledge base. Mm -hmm. You got so it. If you own a business. The best thing you can do is blog and uh, do videos and and share your heartfelt message. And it doesn't always have to be perfect. In fact, in the, the Ryan Surhan video I watched today, he said he has three different videos. One is about uh, virtual listings of real estate in New York City. Mm -hmm. One is his, his day in the life, following him, seeing him with his wife or his baby. And then the third kind is inspiration and motivation because he does that. So he will, you never know what you're going to get in any particular vlog that he right. does, video log. But um, yeah, I love that you watch him too. He's yeah. Very entertaining. 
And that kind of subways me into my next question, which was, what do you think is the most important step that anyone can take when they begin to start a new project or a phase in their life? Because most of our viewers, you know, they're, they're taking a bold step and they want to get out there. Um, what do you think is the most important step that anyone can make? I really think it's surrounding yourself with people that you can count on and that you trust and, and uh, who are willing to support you. You know, I had a family friend that she, oh my goodness, a long history. She used to work for my dad. Mm. And when I started writing the art of the business lunch, she was 20 years older than I am. And I was in my forties, I think. And, and uh, she said to me, why would you think anyone would pay you to write? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, aren't you the wind beneath my wing? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it was funny because the publishing world has changed so much since my first book. But when I sold my book, I, I did not have what I had a typical first time author's book. Okay. But it was not um, a, a first time advance. It was not great. Mm, but okay. It was great to me. I felt so validated. And like the fact that my book is in 12 languages, that wouldn't have happened if I had self-published it. I felt so validated, like, look, here, they paid for me to write. You know, if we're only going to do what we've always done in our entire lives, we're right. never going never to do anything new. Different. Yep. We're never going to experience the thrill. You know, Newsweek called me and interviewed me. MSNBC called me and interviewed me. I was featured in New York Times and the Denver Post and uh, the BBC in England called oh, me and did an that. interview. That was pretty funny because the guy thought that I was like hosing my clients, pardon the term, <laughs> taking advantage <laughs> of my clients uh -huh. to get them to take me out to lunch. And about, you know, 10, five minutes into the interview, I'm like, no, 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 no. I take them. Uh -huh. I pick up the check. I treat my clients and take them out to lunch. And it kind of ruined his whole thing. He hadn't done his research. But, uh, you know, it, it's fun when you're selling advertising and you're working, you know, with the MGM Grand and Caesars Palace and all the strip hotels. And then now I'm an author, an award-winning author. An award-winning author. That's right. Yeah, and I'm being yes. interviewed. It was funny the the publicity firm, the PR firm that uh, my publisher had hired, the girl who worked for them, she's now with a big publishing group in New York, but the girl who had worked for them, who was in charge of promoting my book, created such a wonderful press release that captivated the imagination of journalists across the country. And her first question was, if, if you went around the office and asked your coworkers if it was okay to drink alcohol at a client lunch, mm -hmm. you would probably get as many people saying, oh my God, never, as you would people saying, sure, why not? Mm. And so, of course, everybody went around their office and said, do you think it's okay to drink alcohol with clients? And it is something that I address in the Art of the Business Lunch. And it basically boils down to follow the leader. And if you yep. don't want to drink and your client does, bring a wingman with you. Bring someone who you know can have a drink <laughs> or two without losing it, you know? Right, right. Yeah. And that way your client doesn't feel like they're drinking alone. Or you can always say, you know, I just took some medicine. It's okay to lie. <laughs> I'm on antibiotics. I'm on my last right. day. Yeah. So I can't have a drink or get there earlier. I really have a lot to say about the subject. Get there <laughs> earlier and uh -huh. tell, your, tell your waiter. 
listen, I'm going to order a vodka soda or vodka tonic. Just bring me club soda with a lime. Oh, I love that. Yep. Yeah. They they love a conspiracy and they will do it for you. (laughs) There's a million ways to get around, you know, not drinking in front of your clients. But, but because I addressed that in the book, this girl grabbed onto that and it just, I had, I don't know, 50 press interviews and as many radio and TV interviews. It was wow. That's nice. And sometimes I don't like to drink. So what I do, I just kind of get, you know, a cranberry drink. And then I put, I ask him to give me a cherry, you know, something to just make me look right. like I'm drinking. Slice of lime. Mm-hmm. Yep. A slice and of lime. you have that, nobody knows that. Nobody knows. Yep. Lime. Yep. I know how to trick them too. <laughs> big drinkers don't want to drink alone. You know that. Oh yes, I do. I, I, knew, I knew who <laughs> wanted dessert and who wanted to share a dessert. I had a few clients that wanted to uh, when we were done with lunch, hit the casino and go through a roll of quarters. Or, oh, you know, yeah. So I would take them to a restaurant at a casino, and this the trick was knowing what they like and offering it to them, mm. making them feel comfortable. They let their guard down, and you learn a better way to take care of them with their actual business. Yes, yes, I love that. Love that. Thank you. Well, this has just been such a treat. I am so, so very grateful. We had some technical difficulties in the beginning, but we all worked through that and we just had a great conversation. Oh my God. (laughs) But that's okay. That's okay. We we that's what happens when you put twenty dollar speakers on a $1,500 $1,500 laptop. <laughs> you have technical difficulties. Lesson learned, right? Lesson learned. And that's what this show is all about. That's why I, I brought that up because it is, this is a show about lessons learned and helping our listeners uh, definitely know before and uh, just take a bold step and do exactly what your heart leads you to do. Um, I would like to invite your community to follow me on Facebook. It's my personal page, Robin J. I'm almost at 5,000 there, but it's R-O-B-I-N-J-A-Y, just like two birds. Uh They can go to thekeymovies.com. They can see the movies on Gaia.com, G-A-I-A.com. Yep. Or on Vimeo, they can search for them. And they're the key movies, the keeper of the keys, the secrets of the keys, and becoming the keys. And they star amazing thought leaders like Brian Tracy, Reverend Michael Beckwith, Don Miguel Ruiz, who wrote The Four Agreements, John Gray, who did Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus, Mm -hmm. Jack Canfield, who co-created Chicken Soup for the Soul. I know I'm going to leave a few out, but uh, Joe Dolly. Bob Proctor. But, uh, no, he's not no. in my. <laughs> he's, I thought he was. He's in the one uh, power the platform. Working on purpose. He's in the power of mentorship. The first one. Okay, that I've the done. first one. Okay, okay. Yeah. You have a good memory. I, I do. <laughs> it's not my movie. So uh, now, I, Joe Vitale, Daniel Brinkley, uh, John Miguel Gloria Loring, the actress and singer songwriter. She's fantastic. John Asaraf, who is in the oh, secret. I love him. He's fantastic. Yes. We flew down to California and shot him on the beach at Camino del Mar and uh, wait until you see what the humidity did to our hair in that scene. <laughs> and we come back to Vegas magically and our hair is all quaffed and perfect. You know, this is why I like to shoot in a ponytail. <laughs> Technical aspects. But we shot my movies on location and uh, in fact, in the Palm Restaurant that I was just talking about, the first mm-hmm. movie, Keeper of the Keys, we have a scene in the Palm Restaurant they were so gracious and let me film there because I supported them for so many years. 
Oh, wonderful. Uh, so our viewers listening to Robin, I'm telling you, she you get with her. She will set you right with the right proper book anthology. And if you want to get in a movie, I know she's going to probably host another movie coming up soon. Uh, get in touch with her. She is she is wonderful to, to work with. She, she holds your hand and tells you exactly what you need to hear. This is why I worked with her back in 2010 and I loved it. And I, and we're still friends today. Thank you. You are so, so much, sweet, Robin. Robbie. And it's an <laughs> honor to help and share and inspire your audience. Thank yes. you for the opportunity. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your inspiration and motivation with Bold Girl Biz community. And uh, I will put all of your information in the show links. Um, if you all go ahead and just go right on to Bold Girl Biz and you'll see all of the show links. Thanks for listening today. And I hope that you take a bold step, bold action and make moves. I'm your host, Robbie Walls, and I will see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to Bold Girl Biz. If you've enjoyed today's lessons learned, leave us a comment or review. And for today's show notes, head over to boldgirlbiz.com and click podcast. While you're there, you'll find tools to help you power through your journey to success to achieve your goals. Always remember, I believe in you. You are powerful and you are bold. See you soon. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.